Welcome to Hauto Hochschule, our audio guide about tackling life and work at Rheinwahl University of Applied Sciences, one of the most international universities in Germany. So, grab a cup of coffee, put on your comfiest headphones and join us as we explore the world of Hochschule Rheinwahl. It's September 2022. What you hear in the background is the homecoming count. Here we go. Two o'clock, Friday afternoon, freshest week. It's time for the Cup. How are you? Prepared? It's a special event always taking place in the end of the freshest week. Very simply said, it's the introductory week for new students that start in the winter semester. But I would also say Freshers' Week is kind of the main event of the university. This is Nele Decker. She's part of the Welcome Center of Hochschule Rheinwahl. The Welcome Center organizes various events throughout the year. The Homecoming Cup is part of the Freshers' Week. Uh, it's kind of narrowed down. So it starts with kind of also a big official semester opening. So obviously we have two locations in Kleve and Camp Linford. So we always make sure that, of course, kind of it's equally set up. So there will be an official semester opening at both campuses. And then there's kind of plenty of events going on. So they can be kind of more on the information providing basis from the faculties, kind of telling you how to start your studies right, I guess. They can can be different workshops of course also like uh, the socializing aspect is very important so really kind of getting to know the university staff members getting to know fellow students of your faculties but also at the whole university so it's also about getting to know the region of Kleve and Camp Linford which of course especially for international students, but also national students that did not grow up in Kleve. They can get to know different companies and organizations in Kleve and Camp Linford at the Freshers Markets. That's definitely also a big event. And something that we started, well, two years ago virtually and then last year in presence was the Freshers Music Night. So that is a concert from students for students. And that was also a huge success, also definitely one of the main events. The music side of the Hochschule we will listen to in the other episode. But Nele is not only working for the Welcome Center, she's also a student. And this is what she heard from her fellow students about the Freshers Week. I would say, and I also heard that of a lot of students, so they, first of all, get to know many of their peers during Freshers' Week, so it's also a very exciting event for them. And the Homecoming Cup kind of refers to American tradition, so it's really getting all students, not only newly enrolled students, but also older students back to campus, back to the university, and it's just almost like a big sports party going on on campus. And this is how the Homecoming Cup works. But basically, first of all, so you would form groups. So it could be groups of students. I think actually there might have even been some professors that took part in Homecoming Cup. But I'm not. don't pin me down on that. So the first kind of main task is canoeing through the Spoy Canal. Obviously, there would be a lot of other students cheering you up. So in the end, it's about which team is the fastest at kind of going through the whole track. 
And I mean, also, it's very mean because canoeing is the first part. And I've seen some people drop into the water and then they have to finish the whole trek with all of their wet clothes, etc., which obviously add a lot of weight. After canoeing, and also don't settle me on the right order, but I think it's actually biking across campus and then running. And in between, kind of through the running phase, there would also be kind of obstacles that you would have to go along. And that also sometimes during the bike track you would have enough have to bike on a very narrow plate or something like that then so each individual group member would have to go through that track and then in the end there's the wall so the wall if i'm not mistaken is five meters and basically all team members have to climb the wall in order to kind of finish the track to win possibly in the end i've seen like some very kind of athletic people, strong people that can easily climb that wall, but also other students who might not have been that athletic coming up with some very interesting and weird ways to climb the wall. And of course, it's also about helping each other. Yeah, putting your hands down so someone else can climb or use your hands to climb the wall, etc. That's always kind of the biggest part to just see how well are people doing with that massive wall. Maybe not. There he comes. Let's go. Onto that wall, Team 38. Get over there. The rest of them went for a bit of an explore. Here they come. Here they come. Starting something new can be both exciting and intimidating. It's natural to feel a bit overwhelmed at the prospect of tackling something unfamiliar. It's like climbing a wall as a group. Everyone starts at the bottom full of anticipation and maybe a little bit of nervousness. But as you begin to climb, you realize that there are obstacles in your way. Maybe you realize that you didn't bring the right equipment or perhaps the route is more challenging than you anticipated. Obstacles can be frustrating and make you want to turn back. But the thing about climbing a wall is that you don't have to do it alone. You have your team with you, supporting you, helping you overcome the challenges you encounter. As you work together to overcome these obstacles, you begin to build confidence in your abilities and in your team. Starting something new as a student is much the same. You may encounter challenges that seem unsurmountable at first, like not having enough time or not feeling prepared or just have the feeling to be completely lost in a foreign country where you never have been before. Lesson number one. Planes, trains... And hierarchies. I grew up in Lahore in Pakistan. It's a huge city, actually. So when I first came to Germany, I think Cologne was what reminded me of my, my city. So it was that big. Dr. Tsunayarana is a research associate in artificial intelligence and algorithmic decision-making systems at Rheinwald University. In addition to her work at the Hochschule Rheinwald, Dr. Rana completed her PhD in development economics at Rabond University in the Netherlands, where she is now a lecturer. And yeah, I have lived there for almost 23 years in Lahore in Pakistan. I did my schooling over there. I did my, until my bachelor's, I did everything over there. The podcast is called How to Hochschule. Yes. So the idea was, if you're going to do a podcast about a University of Applied Sciences, what can you do? So basically, you can just explain how you can find a Hochschule, what can you study there, and stuff like that. But the problem is with a university like this, there are so many different fields that you can study. It's really hard to explain it 
in a short term because podcasts of course you can do it like 16 hours episodes where you try to explain every field of science and so on but it would be too complicated and maybe it's not like the right medium for it so the idea was we want to do something where we can tell about the experience of studying at Hochschule Rheinwald and have something that's general for everyone in a condensed form so that you can take something with you like an experience right and that's why we call it how to hochschule and we explain it like an audio guide a guide is something different from something like an instruction so an instruction would be step one open your browser and type in hochschule Rheinwald. step two okay then you can find you know that so it's a guide is something different a guide is something like a person guides you through something right and that's like the idea so we get different people who get different experiences from the Hochschule Rheinwald, and they will guide you with their experience through certain topics. The first episode will be about how to start, right? So better to listen to stories like your story, for example, and then people who are in a similar situation, or maybe a completely different situation, they can experience, okay, it's how it was for you. Um, so in 2012, I graduated from my bachelor's degree, and I had no intentions of coming ab going abroad. Mainly because it's super expensive to go abroad. <laughs> but a bunch of my friends, so the group that we had together, they were all considering applying abroad. And then came this process that, oh, Germany could be a good option because there aren't these huge fees that you have to pay. So we started exploring those further. So around the middle of 2012, I think we thought, okay, we this is something that we can really consider. And we started applying. We got already in the September, so by we, it's four of us. We already got in the September batch for Hochschule Rheinwald uh, for 2012, but there were no visa appointments available at all. And Rheinwald said, you're welcome to come as late as you want, but there was no appointment until December that year. So we said, could you please extend it to the next semester? And they said, that's not possible. So we said, okay, we try again. So we tried for the summer semester, and this time we were prepared with the visa. Appointments, we applied in for the summer, and we got in. So I came then to Germany in 2013 in the summer. But surprisingly, even there, the interesting part was that despite looking for an appointment beforehand and everything, the visa was delayed so much that the semester started on 11th of March. And we landed in Germany on 27th. So we received our visa on 25th of April and we landed in Germany on 27th of April. So it was the first time outside Pakistan oh, ever really? for me. Yes. So it was the first time I had sat in a plane and flown outside the border of my country. Really? <laughs> yes. So Directly to Germany. Oh, that's crazy. And to Clever. It was really overwhelming. And Pakistan is size-wise big. So, and there's no culture of, well, there are no trains. So you have buses, but otherwise you take taxis or you take your own transport, you know, when you're going. And that was what we had in mind at the time as well when we landed. We are going to take a taxi from Düsseldorf to Clever because, um, yeah, that's what you do, you know, that's what we knew. But luckily for us, one of the friends in our group had stayed in England for a couple of years. And he said, what, taxi? No, 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 we, we go by train. So we found a train after a very long time because everything was in German and it was a completely different language. And on the train, when we got in, it was RE10, this our, 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 our standard RE10. It was written Kivalar 
and clever both and for a very long time i tried to tell my friends i think it's kivalar <laughs> and i think we just wrote the name incorrectly on the piece of paper and he said no no it's written this k l e v e this is where we are going to go eventually so and that was the last stop and we came we had these really huge bags with us and we stood there because we did not know where we had booked a room in the old rilano hotel now it's now really brand new and really fancy before it was on the side i forgot the name of the street but and it was it was the only hotel here that was that was visible on google so there were small ones around but not couldn't you couldn't search for them and we stood there on the bahnhof trying to study the map but something we had never done in our lives and then a lady stopped i very clearly remember so you would say like the first impression we had from germany was this woman with a she had a dog or no she she was actually going in her car and she stopped oh, no. for us okay. and she got out i still remember she put her hands on her on her hips you know and she looked at our faces and she said first in german can i help you guys you'll seem lost we said we don't speak german and then she said yeah can i help you in english we said yeah we want to go to rilano and we have no clue what where it is or how we go there and everything and then she helped us she told us go in this direction so and so and you know take this road and everything and that was already a very welcoming feeling for us it's not common to happen in a different country not common to happen even in pakistan if you're lost you're lost and so in that sense i think it was very nice it was very welcoming definitely overwhelming also because of the language i think it was really overwhelming initially and obviously new place you have to find a home and everything and yeah we uh, but we found our way to rilano and we were it was the sense of achievement for us <laughs> so it was the first time for you going by plane by train yes and then also reading a map yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah going on an international uh, flight taking a train and then you know reading a map and reaching here yes <laughs> so you were like the second batch of students here in kleve right yes for the masters program definitely yes yeah so how was it in the beginning the classes were quite small so i think for our group it was around 20 to 25 people but not all of them were for, from that semester so it was from previous semesters as well i think yeah for our batch it was quite mixed we had people we had very we had very few germans actually in our class which was really surprising for us there were only i think four germans in the class and some people from russia person from finland and some exchange students as well and a lot of pe people also from our part of the world so from pakistan india bangladesh this area yeah that was the the mixed the group was quite mixed in that sense a lot of professors that i see now were not there <laughs> i would say but the main professors for us i think for the teaching part the the first day we came in we were welcomed by our study there was no study manager at that time for our degree program but the professor who was in charge who was the head of the degree program professor zikman he saw that there are these new faces in the class so we did not really say that we are new or anything but he saw that and he approached us at the end of the lecture and he said you know you guys should come to my office office afterwards at this time and i can just you know have a chat with you and that's literally what he did so he um 
we went to his office and he just welcomed us and he said i can understand it's overwhelming to be here if you there's something we can do to help we would be happy to do it and everything so he just had a one on one just you know welcoming us and saying be comfortable and we'll figure out figure it out and that was really helpful i think that was really needed at that time as well for us because we were joining in the middle of the semester and it was yeah we were afraid we will not make it you know at that time so it was it was i think we got a really warm welcome also from the professors as well and i think for me the most surprising part was so we come in pakistan there is really a hierarchy with professors and everything you the professors do talk to you and everything but it's really formal you always call them sir you just ask your questions they answer the question and everything it's not hi how are you kind of a topic and i remember i think it was the third or the fourth day we were in menza and we had taken this course of professor bauer from he's, he was teaching financial maths or something like that and he saw us in menza and he said yeah i join you guys for food and we thought oh my god there's a professor he's he wants to sit with us and he wants to eat with us that is so weird you know and he was standing in line getting his order like everybody else it was not a, a you know an office boy or something delivering food to his office or something so it was a really different culture in that sense we in pakistan it was comparatively different compared to here so and he said you know i will sit down with you guys and eat and he ate and he didn't talk about studies he talked about germany and about his own work experience from the past or just random anecdotes from clever and all of that and yeah it was really nice and really different experience a more pleasant experience i would say in that sense yeah lesson number 2 this is what an international university looks like you know this part of germany didn't really have a university and 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 in this case it's it's an applied science university so it's So this is our second guest. Sure, my name is Jos Kleuters. And he heads the Center for Internationalization and Languages. Dr. Jos Kleuters has been part of the Rheinwald University since its early days. Partly it was meant as a possibility for for young people to to stay in this region and do their studies here. And also they took the opportunity from from the outset to offer most of the study programs completely in English. And you know, since it's such a unique opportunity to build up a new university from scratch, there was a unique possibility also to do something different and make this a real international institution and also the students here but also the people who work here together they really are this international academic community which is very yeah international diverse so you can actually you know stay in this region and do all different kinds of studies here so let's go back to the early days of dr jos kleuter's academic career and the history of the hochschule rheinwald I grew up in the Netherlands in a place called Eindhoven which is a little bit more to the south. I moved with my parents to Nijmegen when I was 16 which is a larger university town has a big university and a big applied sciences university as well so roughly 30,000 students. So I finished high school there and also went to the university there. I'm here now but you know I never really had like a very clear career path. No, so I studied political science in central relations. What I would want to do afterwards was, you know, very much unclear. But first I thought I wanted to be in diplomatic service. So after my studies, I went to work for the Dutch Foreign Affairs Department. I spent one year at the Dutch permanent mission to the UN. So that was a very interesting time. Then I went back to The Hague, to the ministry. That was less interesting. <laughs> you know, and also diplomacy is sort of a weird 
parallel universe, right? It's not really, it's not as international as, as you would think. The only thing I, I, that was always clear to me, I wanted to do something international. So after one year in The Hague, I got a call from the professor that I wrote my thesis with. He asked me to come back to the university and I worked on my PhD there. And in that time, moved to Kleven because I met my wife. My wife got a job here. That's how I ended up in Kleven. For love. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was like articles in newspapers. The Ministry of Education in Dusseldorf decided there were going to be three new applied sciences university in, in, in the federal state of North Rhine-Westphalia. And there was sort of an application process for cities or like consortia interested in applying for this, for this new initiative to have that, international, that new university in their, in their city. So Kleve, together with Kamp-Lindfort, some other cities and some other public actors as well, sort of applied with a bid book like you would do right for the Olympic Games, applied uh, in Dusseldorf to have this university here. And um, that's probably when I first found out about it, just to read in the paper that they have been successful. At first, it really didn't occur to me to, to apply here. They were looking for people in marketing and, you know, German is not my, my, not my mother tongue. But then later they were looking for somebody to work in the international office. And the international office back then didn't really exist, right? So where the campus is now, in, in Kleve at least, it used to be the harbor of Kleves. So there's a, a canal going from the Rhine River into the city. And I think it's from 18th century somewhere. It used to be a very active harbor for a long time. But then, you know, it wasn't really used anymore. And that's why they decided to build a new campus. What's now the warehouse, and there's still like a smaller house next to it, which used to be the Hafenmeister house. There is this block in Kleve called Kleveblatt, Kleeblatt, which has old sort of old pictures of Cleves and old postcards where you can still see images of, of the former harbor and so on. But the way it was, like when we moved here, like around 2002, yeah, like I said, it was just like a big junkyard. And you know. I mean, what's interesting is the transition from the old rundown harbor to this modern university with people from all over the world. I mean, that's a little bit what, what a harbor is, right? Like people coming from all over the world and, and going away. So the function of the place is still the same, but before it was an ex exchange more or less of people and goods. And now maybe it's a place of people and knowledge. So I think your idea of, you know, the former function of the harbor of people coming and going and exchange of people and ideas and then to this university is very interesting. Now, the library, it used to be a warehouse to stock goods. I don't know which goods they kept there, maybe grains or, you know, agricultural products or something else, I don't know. But the idea is where they used to stock goods and produce, we now stock knowledge, so books, and that's where students go to. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, the strange thing is, of course, that once the decision was made to, to set up a new university, things move extremely fast, right? So like I said, they sort of closed off the whole premises. And then a good two and a half, three years later, as you know, it almost looks like as if nothing happened, right? And the, the old crane that you see is not from here, but came from the former harbor in Duisburg. And of course, you know, it's there to remind everyone on campus that, you know, of the history of, of what, what is now the university campus. It used to be the Harbor of Claves. And you can actually still see the, the, the cobblestones on that place and the railway tracks, these big cranes, you know, that they used to offload the ships were, were standing on. 
I think that's a very elegant way of sort of showing how the university sort of rooted in the past of Claver. So there was a very positive development for the city of Claver, right? So to get rid of the old harbor and then build up a new campus. Same thing for Camp Linford, which used to be a former mining town with the mines closed. The university for those cities was really a unique opportunity to develop the city in another direction, to have more young people come in, people moving to the town to start working at the university. And from the student side, like the first student coming here, do you remember what they said? It was really incredible that they were actually able to, to find us because, well, you know, in all honesty, Clave and Camp Litford are not the most widely known German towns across the world, Düsseldorf maybe, Cologne and so on, Berlin. But then Clave and Camp Litford, not so much. And of course, you know, we were not an established university, just having started a year earlier. What was especially interesting for me was coming out of the faculty, just finished my PhD. This had nothing to do with theory, which was great, you know. <laughs> just to see how you manage organizing and, and working together with, with other people under pretty heavy time pressure. That was very interesting. And then that grew very rapidly. So, of course, at one point, you know, things start to get bigger and also a little bit more anonymous. So what was very attractive in the beginning was, of course, there was, you know, a lot of work setting up a new university, very chaotic, if that's the right word. You know, we really had to work hard, be flexible, you know, just to, to make sure we, we got organized and were able to offer classes and so on. But of course, that was also the charm of it, right? That we were all in this together. And this was also clear to the students, right? So they came here and, you know, they actually made the deliberate decision to come here knowing that they're going to be one of 60 students in the first year that this university was, was existing. And interestingly, that's what they all found very attractive because, you know, what went for us also went for the students that we had a chance, you know, if you're setting up a new university, you can very actively participate in how this university is going to look. Students actually enjoyed that very much. And we tried to listen to students as, as much as we could about what it was that they needed or things that they were interested in. Yeah, that was one of the big charms of setting up a new university from scratch. Yeah. Do you have the feeling that with the students, Clever got more international or was it always because of the border and maybe even because of the harbor and for its size, an international town, or because you said you lived here before the university. So can you tell me about the difference before and after, or do you see even a difference? Yeah, so Cleve is very much a border region. So Dutch and Germans, you know, they move around freely across the border. And there's always been a lively mix of Germans and Dutch people living here, working here, and vice versa. For our international student community, this, of course, is very new. We have... Students from all over the world, from, from more than 100 different countries. And that, of course, is very different from what people living in Kleve were used to. Right? This is a very it's a small town. It's a very rural region. And, of course, for students, it's a challenge because they come here because they, you know, in part because they can study in English and they want to come to Germany for their studies. Yeah, they really need to speak German if only, you know, for everyday life, to get their groceries, to be able to read signs and so on. So I think especially for them, that's a big challenge. Is, is there something from the time that you're missing right now? Or not right now, but 
that's not there now, but that you miss? Yeah, well, it's really the sort of everyday contact and personal exchange with students and with a lot of colleagues for that matter. So like I said at the beginning, we really is a small team and a pretty tight-knit bunch of people trying to cope with the stress of setting up a new university. And of course, you know, along the way, you know, the organization grows and you get to focus more on, on the things that colleagues at your own university would do. So you sort of specialize in the area that you were hired to set up. So you lose touch a little bit. And then it's nice. We have some festivities like before Christmas or there's always a summer party to sort of, you know, catch up again and memorize about the good old times when things were still new and chaotic. Do you um, would do it again? Looking back? No. Well, what you don't know? <laughs> no. Um, no, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because, um, well, what I learned and which wasn't maybe clear from the outset, where, of course, you know, what was clear from the outset was that, okay, so we're going to have a lot of study programs in English. I think even at the beginning, it wasn't clear how successful that was going to be. People would just find us on the internet, you know, Students who want to study in Germany, but then in English, and Germany doesn't have any tuition fees. So, you know, it became clear pretty quickly, right, that we were really attractive for, for international students, that they would come to us, and now we have almost half of the students are, are international students. So after a while, it, you know, it quickly became clear that we were a big draw for international students because of that reason. What maybe wasn't so clear in the first years, but what we have learned right now, not just me, but I think that goes for a lot of my colleagues at the university, is to have this international community of students is really an asset to the university, something that we have and others don't, and really sets us apart from other universities and makes us very attractive. And German students are a part of that. That's something we learned and where we also draw from, right? How to engage the international community that we have. They are a big part of this university and also uh, what makes us a lot different from, from other places. Like, for example, we have this network of international offices in North Westphalia and they would, you know, sort of ask us things like, okay, how do we deal with language, right? A lot of language, you know, we are very bilingual, you know, everything is in, in German or English. Not just the teaching, but also the signs on campus or the menus in the cafeteria, which is something we have done from, from the outset and other universities are just starting to, to think about. So they would ask, you know, how do you do this at Renoir? What are the challenges? How did you solve certain problems? How do you deal with international students? Issues like, you know, diversity. How do you sort of keep it together? And, and, and like I said, you know, it's a big plus for this university. You have so many students from different countries, right? And it's very well mixed. That's also an asset, not necessarily a challenge. Or how do you deal with issues like, you know, loneliness or, or you know, personal problems, integration of students, how to make a film home, student support, things like this. I think we have learned a lot from that, just from this international community that this, this, this place is. If you, you know, just, and you can go on campus in Claybor, Camp Linford, and you can just see it, right? A lot of things that, that, you know, sometimes are just being discussed really is reality here. And it's everyday practice. This is what an international university looks like. Lesson number three, let it all come to you. So where I come from and what I do. 
Right. Yeah, so my name is Norman. I grew up in, in the area of Kleve. I currently study sustainable tourism at the Hochschule Rheinwald. And yeah, I'm in the first semester right now. The exams are coming up, so I'm a little bit stressed, but it's okay. What's interesting in your case is that you're just in your first semester, right? What was like your first week you had? First week was very chaotic because I didn't know university was starting. I calculated that it started on 1st of October because that was like where everyone starts and I have friends also that said yeah 1st October semester start so I thought 1st October and then I got the notification yeah university starts this week and it was like on a Sunday so it started the next day I didn't have any notebook I didn't have a college blog or something I was very unprepared, but then I got there, I missed the first day because I didn't have a car or something because it wasn't planned. Yeah, the first week was, I know how to describe it, but it kind of felt very nice. So you got that, what do you do here? What is your field of work? What can you do with it later? Yeah, what's the aim of this particular subject that we're doing right now? And a nice welcome. And... Uh, Yeah, as I said, a bit chaotic, but I got into it really quick. What did you know about Rheinwald before you applied there? So my father lives in Kleve for uh, like 10 years now. So I knew there was a university that's relatively new. I also have stepsisters there. They, one of them went to Rheinwald, so I kind of knew what was going on. But I didn't have the knowledge of what university really is, what it really feels like. And I then got to know through the internet that, yeah, what kind of different fields they have and things like that. Do you know that it's actually one of the most international universities of your applied sciences in all of Germany? Did you know it before? Uh, I didn't know that. I have already seen when I was at my father's house in Kleve that there are many international students there. But I didn't know that it was that international when I got to Rheinwald and saw like this many faces. And from all over the world, I was like, yeah, yo. <laughs> what's going on yeah i didn't know that but i kind of like it so you have these multiple cultures multiple point of views from everyone different backgrounds so when you go to a big city you have all these kind of international people there but in this area in this closer area nowhere what were like the most complicated things for you when you started your studies i really had the fear that i was being left alone because hmm. I also thought of a big class and that definitely wasn't the case. I think also because we are such a small class, but you get to know each other very well. The profs do teamwork all the time, to, so you get to know each other. You have connections, you can ask everyone when there is uh, something to do. The biggest challenge was getting to know what the profs want from you. One teacher wants two PowerPoints every week and like two essays every week and in a teamwork and then yeah how do you do that how, how much is enough how do you yeah, part the work that you have to do with your with your colleagues i think that's that was one of the biggest challenges the exams are coming up so i think that will be a big challenge too what helped you out of these challenges yeah just going with the time you spend like two or three weeks in these classes and you know what the teachers want from you how your your mates like think about you how your mates think about the subject what do your mates do and just giving it time and also adapting a little bit to it just so that i really capture that so the switch for you was at first you just applied for it right because the university was near here or the field of studies was interesting to you right yeah both this is how you started out 
then you applied for it. Then you got accepted, but you got accepted in different cities. You decide, okay, I will go to Rheinwald. And then when you experienced it and you met other people, then you make the decision, okay, something maybe I want to continue. Yeah, This I, is where you are right now, at least. I thought of university as a lot a lot harder, I would say. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think it was that easy. The ones in the seventh semester are currently laughing right now, but... I'm in this first semester and I didn't really think that it would yeah, it would go that fluent. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you felt more lonely in the beginning and that was your fear? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as I've said, made some colleagues came in time. Also, some relationships evolved in time. Yeah. So first, uh, you were very distant with the person, but then, I don't know, you had a group project and then you're very close. I mean, studying can be very lonely, I guess if you, I think you're, I don't know, it depends on a person, of course, but there are the possibilities to meet people, especially in the first semester, even, and you missed like the first week, which is like normally the week where most people meet like the, for the first time. And yeah, also in a freshers week, I didn't, was at the freshers week. And then there is like, you have a bigger pool of people there yeah. because they're all in the first semester and you could get to know each other. Yeah. But because I wasn't there, I didn't really have anyone, uh, a connection with anyone again there. Ah, interesting. Um, okay, yeah, I got more or less one last question. When you started to apply to Hochschule Rheinwald till now, mm -hmm. half a year, more or less, what, did, what is like the one lesson you learned? Let it all come to you. So don't rush anything. Don't like, don't have any Vorurteile. Uh, oh. uh, prejudices. Yeah, don't yeah. have any prejudices, and yeah, just let it sink in. Let everything sink in. Let get to know everything, and then you you adapt to everything. It's really not that difficult as I thought. Since opening its doors in May 2009, Heinwei has grown by leaps and bounds. In fact. There are currently over 6,000, to be honest, almost 7,000 students enrolled at Rheinbahl. Starting in the summer of 2016, the university began offering a total of 25 bachelor's degrees and 11 master's degrees in fields ranging from natural sciences and economics to technology and social sciences. Plus, there are many degree programs available as dual or part-time studies. Around 75% of the programs are taught entirely in English. Over 120 nationalities are represented among the student body. The technology and bionics, life sciences and society and economics faculties are located on the modern campus at Kleve, which includes a large lecture hall center, modern labs, halls for mechanical engineering and agriculture technology, a language center, cafeteria, student service center and support facilities. The communication And environment faculty can be found at the Camp Limford campus with many graphic and media design courses as well as the Fab Lab. Whether you're interested in natural sciences, economics, technology or social sciences, there's a program here for you.
Thank you for listening to the How to Hochschule podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and feel free to follow us and recommend us to your friends. If you have any thoughts or suggestions or just want to let us know how you liked the episode, please don't hesitate. Take courage and do reach out to us at podcast at hsrw.eu. We're always looking for ways to improve and we appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to check out our show notes for links and more information on today's topics and guests. Next time on the How to Hochschule podcast. I find something out about you. It's really interesting. So you're in the end of your studies. Yeah. And we had the discussion that your German got worse doing your studies here. Yeah. You say you found out something interesting. It's more like something quite embarrassing, I think, in my opinion. International student Harry will be helping us tackle the topic of how to German. Join us again as we explore the in and outs of navigating life as an international student at a German university like Hochschule Rheinwahl. I'm Stefan Hanf and this has been the How to Hochschule podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope to hear you again next time. Tschüss.